Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Comic Source Podcast. I'm your host, Jace. Uh, this is a special con spotlight. As we all know, last year with COVID-19, there weren't very many comic conventions, a couple at the very beginning of the year. Uh, but finally, with uh, the vaccines spreading out in this country, uh, people feeling more comfortable and, and COVID numbers being uh, much better than they were at one point, we're finally getting back to the point where conventions are returning. And so uh, I have with me today uh, somebody who puts on a great show over in Connecticut. I have never been, and it's on my bucket list. It's a show that I really want to get to. So uh, if you haven't heard of it, it's called Terrificon. It's the number one show in Connecticut. And one of the things that I love about it is it's very focused on comics. And as you know, here on The Comic Source, you know, the movies and TV shows are great, but we just really love comics. So uh, it's my pleasure to welcome Mitch Halleck to the show. Mitch, thanks for joining me. Hey, Jace, how are you? Thanks for having me here, man. Yeah, it's great to, to finally have you. Uh, again, it's a show that I've always wanted to attend, and there always seems to be some reason that I just can't make it work out. Um, but it's a, it's a great show. So kind of can you give us a little background, and then we'll, uh, on the show, like when it got started, how you got involved, and then we'll talk specifics on, um, you know, some of the, the big stars and big uh, comic creators that you have there this year, and we'll talk a little bit about Nuts and Bolts. Yeah, well, I'm a lifelong comic book fan, born and raised, uh, you know, first comic my dad gave me with the story, don't throw these away. I had these and then I went to the Marine Corps and your grandmother threw them out. So that started the OCD and I never threw out my comics. And unfortunately, I have like 20,000 books stacked everywhere down here in this rat's nest that I call a family room. Um, but I wanted to draw comic books. I, I was very good at art and I went to school for it and I tried out for Marvel. I got accepted for a job. They just didn't pay enough. So I went into marketing and event programming and advertising and all that stuff. But I never gave up the burning desire of comic books. I still kept reading them every week, get my new book still to this day. And uh, let's see, what year was it? 2010. I was asked to be the public relations marketing person for a local comic book show. And I said, yeah, sure. You know, why not? I do this for a living for, you know, software and computers. Why not do something I like? So I promoted that show. And then two years later, I was talking about it with my wife. I said, you know, I know how to do events and conventions. And she's like, yeah. I said, and I really like the funny books, you know, and she's like, yeah, I go, what if we do one on our own? And she's like, what are you talking about? So the opportunity came up. I organized it. I produced it, did a one day show. I have nothing to compare it to. Three thousand people show up I'm like, oh, wow, this is pretty cool. Pretty good. Yeah, let's do it again so next year. Get a guest, get John Wesley ship. My first ever celebrity guest. He called me. We talked. This is before the flash came back, you know, so he was the old flash. Yeah. So we do it. Same venue. Five thousand five hundred people show up, except among those people that showed up are the fire marshal and the police department. Oh, no. Because no. the place was only designed for about a thousand people. So they were like, congratulations. Don't ever come back. <laughs> so I go to a bigger place, an arena where they do rock concerts and we try it there. 13,000 people show up. I go, okay, we got to get a bigger boat. There's no place else to go around here. So lo and behold, down here in Connecticut, there's the Mohegan Sun 
uh, resort, hotel, casino, whatever you want to call it. They do the Miss America pageant. They do boxing. They do rock concerts. And I said, hey, would you like to have a comic book show? And they're like, we never did that before. What's it like? I said, well, it's terrific. It's this great show. And there's celebrities and comic book creators and costume fans. And they're like, at a casino area. Yeah, we'll, we'll try it. Bang. 20,000 people show up. There you they go. Must been, they must have been thrilled. Oh, they were thrilled. They didn't know. See, everybody's always underestimated. Unless you're from the world of fandom like you and I. We know about San Diego. We know about New York. We know about the big shows. But around here, people are like, what exactly happens at a comic con? Does Chris Rock show up? Is it a bunch of comedians? Uh, do they throw comic books at each other? No one really understood what the whole thing was, except for us, us fans. So bang, it's a great venue. It's a beautiful venue. They built this giant exposition center, 400,000 square feet. They, they Can you make it bigger? Boom, I make it bigger, get bigger guests, get Scott Snyder, get Donnie Cates, get Jim Starlin, get all these heavy hitter comic book people. And then John Q. Public says, well, what if I don't read comic books? Don't worry. I got something for you. Billy D. Williams, Val Kilmer, Henry Winkler, Ralph Macchio. Oh, my God. So now I've got the best of both worlds. I got the comic book fans, my people. And then I got the average people that don't know about uh, Jim Starlin and Donnie Cates and, you know, John Buscema. They don't know those names. They do know celebrities. So we've married it. So it's a great time for three days now. It's still comic focused. It's still comic books all deep down in its heart. But I do have the celebrity guests there. And it's been nonstop fun. And the name, it writes itself because I sat there. I was going to call it Mitch Halleck's Comic Con, but who's Mitch Halleck? I was going to call it Action Comic Con, but I was like, you know, I bet I'd get a cease and desist from DC Comics right. if I called it that. So it's a terrific show. I don't know what else to call it. It's a terrific con. And sometimes it's right in front of your face. And I'm like, wait a minute. That ends with a C, right? Yeah. Well, what if I just combine it and put an O-N and trademark that? And I called my trademark IP guy and he goes, you just created a new word. I'm like, really? He's like, there's no such thing as a terrific conic. There is now. So the patent trademark office, thank you very much. You could look it up. There's a, a new word in the lexicon of the United States of America. Terrific con. The terrific comic con. And yeah, that's the story. Yeah. So here and here's what's great about it, right? So, you know, I'm not disparaging any of these pop culture cons uh, yeah. that that have, have come up because we know from humble beginnings and, and with the comics sort of at the the center of pop culture, which you, you and I didn't know how it was for you where you grew up, but yeah. you didn't talk about reading comics, you know? Oh God, no. Yeah. Oh God. No. Yeah. You, you get made fun of, right? I didn't like to be inside of a locker all day at school. No, yeah. no, no. Yeah. No. I, yeah. no, I grew up in the seventies with, we, we love comic books. I mean, I grew up in new Haven, Connecticut. A lot of the artists that worked at New York at Marvel lived near me. Mike Zek was one that I used to see at my local comic shop. And uh, see, I got away with it because I could draw. So the bullies liked me because I could draw their girlfriends on their their history books and all that. So I always got a pass. But um, yeah, comics were not generally accepted by people in the early 80s. Why everyone was doing rock and roll and sports. I was reading, you know, Watchmen and Frank Miller's Dark Knight and Daredevil and all that stuff and having my mind blown. But it still wasn't accepted. I mean. The world that we live in now was only dreamt of. And that only happened in the last 15, 20 years. 
where comics became part of the pop culture and you could go watch Falcon and Winter Soldier without somebody looking at you and right. wonder if you should go to a doctor or something like that. No. Yeah. Yeah. This is all new. This is amazing. The world we live in right now. Yeah. Here, here, here's the thing about it, though. And speaking about other conventions, like everybody knows that, yeah, the comics and, and the stories and the characters are at the center of pop culture. But but even so, a lot of these other shows and I hear this from from other creators. Right. I hear yeah. that they go to uh, their their guests at uh, other comic cons. Yeah. And with celebrities and they're sort of treated as second class, you know, they're yeah. not, they're not yeah. put in the same. And, and, you know, again, I'm not pointing fingers at anybody, but to, no, I hear you. I hear yeah, you. to me, that's not right because no, San Diego, like the reason San Diego is what it is. It started with the comics. The reason that these Mar you know, Marvel cinematic universe movies are so ex uh, successful. It started with the comics. Those are the characters. Yeah. Those are the stories. Yeah. Dance with the one that brought you. Right. And so, I think that's something that I hear about your show that yeah. they're, they're your people and everybody's the same. Yes, you've brought in, you, you've done it the other way. Instead of, you know, starting with the celebrity guests and bringing in comic creators, you started with the comic creators. Now you brought in other. Pop yeah, 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 yeah. Now I, you're, you're preaching to the choir, brother. I've been saying that for years. I'm like, hey, it wouldn't be a billion dollar box office if it wasn't for Jim Starlin. It wouldn't be, uh, you know, without Steve Dicko and Jack Kirby and Stan Lee. These are the rock stars. These are the guys that wrote the right. book that make all these billion dollar television shows and franchises and movies and all that stuff. These are the architects of your pop culture of the world that we live in. Give it up for the folks that were the, the building block, the founding fathers and so that made all this, that laid the groundwork for it all. So yeah, first and foremost, I'm all about the comics, man. And reluctantly, and I do say reluctantly, because I got to admit, I could sit here all day and just bring in comic book guests and say, this is all I want. And I pretty much do that, but I do hear from the folks, okay, look, the dad will come into the show because he's a big comic fan, but he brings along the kids and the wife. They might be bored out of their mind. Right. So what I've done is, well, I do a kid's con. I work with Franco from All Yeah Comics, and we do a whole program where there's art and there's crafts for you know younger fans. So as dad's over there looking for the back issue bins and toys, his kids could be over there learning how to make a comic book or a puppet or something like that. So it's, it's entertainment for the whole family. But then mom's like, well, I don't know any of these people. All right. Well, you do know that the guy over there from the arrow show or flash, he's also been on other shows. He's been in Hallmark movies. Oh, wait, what? I've watched those. So suddenly now there's a nice crossover where you could say John Wesley ship. He's the flash to you and me. He's also the dad on some murder mystery show that's on Hallmark. And suddenly my wife knows who he is now. She's like, oh, that's the guy. So you, there is a happy median that you could get away with it. Like Sean Gunn to me is Craglin from the Guardians of the Galaxy. Right. To my wife, he's the guy on Gilmore Girls. Yeah. So what I've Thank done you. is I, I'm very selective and I go to get guests who've got other shows on their resume that might not just be superhero oriented it's very sly when i do that it's like oh yeah i've got scott patterson from gilmore girls wait a minute he was a voiceover in gotham by gaslight wait he was on alienation wait he was in a oh he's a comic guy so i kind of put that gray area over there and i can justify it because i go well that's a comic book based property so he's okay we can let him into the club you know yeah, so. but the other thing about it is 
again, you've gone at it the, the opposite direction of, of most places, but, but even you bring in these pop culture guests, they're not treated any less, you know, to you, oh, everybody's, God, no, everybody's no, the star. They're all, let me tell you, the lines form for Chris Claremont are longer than the lines for uh, Lou Ferrigno or somebody like that. I mean, the lines for John Cassidy are longer than the lines for uh, Ralph Macchio or whatever. You know what I mean? I'm not the editor, Ralph Macchio. I'm talking about the actor from right. Kid. So when you come to the show, the thrust of it is a comic book. So the fans that populate the show are comic book fans to them. That's the rock stars. That's the home run kings. You know, that's the ones they're going to line up for. And yeah, I just looked down the hall. I could see the lines forming across the expo center. And I go up oh, uh, that line over there. That's for Alan Davis. OK, that's for Chris Claremont. That's for uh, Tom King. You know, yeah, you're absolutely right. They're, they're the ones that get. I've even had people say that, like, why are the artists the biggest section or the writers the biggest section in your show? Why does that have the most? amount of footage on the floor plan. And then the actors are kind of off to the sides. I go, well, that's the center of the show. That's the, right. the, the center ring, you know? So, and that, that yeah. carries over. Yeah. That carries over into the programming uh, as well. Right. Oh yeah. All the, <laughs> the panels. I yeah. just do, I go down the list and I go, Oh, okay. Tom King, he worked with clay man. Okay. We'll do a panel about heroes in crisis. Wait a second. We've got this uh, guy here. They worked on that book together. And cause I read comics for 40, 50 years now. So I know which teams work together. So I'll do a panel because I want to watch that panel. I want to sit there and listen to Al Milgram and Jim Starlin talk to Paul Galassi about what it was like working on the early master of Kung Fu books. And that's, the panels and that's the uh, the general focus of it all and then the people i recruit are folks like john suntress who runs the greatest comic book podcast in the world the word balloon podcast for like 15 years now he knows everybody there he's up there hosting it and it's just a it's just a love fest for comic books and then i go okay begrudgingly we'll have a panel for billy d williams because <laughs> he's here and he was in Batman. Okay, that counts. All right, I'll give it to Billy D. But yeah, yeah, I, I just sit here all day and have fun with the programming and just try to make more comic-centric panels all day long, you know? Yeah, and that's part of the – that's why you're number one – your show's number one on, on the list of shows I need to get to, and it's because of that, because it's not only, you know, a Tom King and Clay Mann panel talking about Batman, Catwoman, or, or Heroes in Crisis or, or whatever, yeah. Yeah. but it's, it's going – it's, you know, Paul Kupperberg, you know? Oh, yeah. I was just I just had lunch with Paul yesterday. Yeah. Yeah. It's obscure books. I'll have like Jerry Ordway or Roy Thomas come on and talk about the All-Star Squadron or have uh, Tom Palmer and uh, Roy talk about working on the uh, pre-scroll war uh, from what Avengers 96, 93 back right. years ago, 40, 50 years ago. Or Howard Chaykin, just being Howard Chaykin, Howard just Chaykin. sitting up there with a microphone and, you know, just doing a Q&A on whatever is on whatever he wants to say. And that's it. I just put shaken talks four o'clock to five o'clock, you know, children beware adult language may be used. And that's it. I just give him a microphone. You know who he is, whatever free association with Howard Chaykin for an hour, you know? So when you, and if, you if you, I was going to say, if you don't know who Howard Chaykin is, that's you'll know fine. The, yeah. You know. You'll know by the end of the panel. Trust me. Right. Howard right. Is, right. Yeah. He's his own, he's his own character. So, Oh yes, he is. Yeah. yeah. When you, so when you started doing this and you really, you know, kind of focused on, on what you loved and what you were passionate about. And as we all know, we t I talk about all the time with comic projects, 
when, uh, you know, creators are and collaborators are having fun and something they're passionate about, it comes out in the work. It's kind of the same with, with conventions. Do you feel yeah. like right from the start, you were really hearing from kind of those comic, those comic fans and those con goers from the past who sort of felt they'd been left behind when everything started yeah. shifting more to, to pop culture and yeah, I was I was one of those people, man. I mean, I used to, I've been to the first New York Comic Con. I used to go to the ones in the 80s and the 90s. My very first show was here in New Haven, Connecticut. Wally Wood was the guest. Hmm. And it was like a cigar box. You paid a buck to get in. Right. It yep. was wall to wall comic book dealers and they'd make get some artists. That's it. That was a comic book show. And then I started going to all these events, too. And then the bigger they got, I applied to be the marketing director at Reed Expo. For New York Comic Con, I was on like t- 2007. I was towards the beginning mm-hmm. and they brought me in because I knew comic books. I wasn't faking it. I knew all these guys. I knew all the people that worked on the books. I knew the writers and the artists, the storylines, the history. And they were like, oh, do you want to run this show? And I'm like, yeah, OK. And they're like, well, what would you do? And this is just before Iron Man came out. Uh, and I said, you know, maybe you should start working with. Hollywood, because we're in New York and we don't get a lot of movie actors, but maybe bring in some of these folks from this new Marvel Studios type of thing. They're like, you think that'll work? And, you know, it started going there. But again, not the main focus. The main focus is the comic books. And then, oh, by the way, here's a byproduct of the comics. It's called Iron Man, the movie or, you know, a TV show. And that is a smaller thing. But along the way, the last 10 years, that little thing became the behemoth and ate the other one. Right. And now that's like, I, dude, I hear stories about San Diego Comic-Con. The creators are off to the side, like the Brian Michael Bendis's are over here. You know, the Tom Kings are over here. But the line for the latest, the latest Netflix TV show or Jupiter's Legacy, whatever it could be, the out the wall, you know, yeah. down the street. People are lining up to get into that panel to hear ABC actor talk about what it's like to be this new superhero in a latex rubber suit. Meanwhile, the guy who created it is, you know, gathering dust over here. So what happened is beyond me, man. I don't know how it happened, when it happened, but it happened. But I'm reversing that cycle as best I can at my show. Yeah. And let's talk a little bit about the challenges of last year. So you didn't didn't have the show last year with with COVID. That must have been, I mean, I know it's tough for everybody, you know, you know, and I'm not just talking comic conventions, people. <laughs> oh, God, no, just living every day. Yeah, 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 yeah. exactly. Making so, it through. Yeah. yeah, so um, you're coming back this year kind of stronger than ever. Can you talk about some of the logistical challenges uh, well, from, from last year and then and then this year, making sure that everybody's going to be safe? Yeah, well, geez, last year, I mean, I'm here from Connecticut. I'm like a Connecticut Yankee. We're very conservative. So, <laughs> When we hear that there's a snowstorm, we buy every milk, bread and egg product in the world and we lock ourselves down and wait for the storm to pass. And that's kind of what it was like when, you know, word got around that the coronavirus was coming and we were like, okay, what is this going to be? What are the details? But we'll just do the old standby, buckle down, hunker down, get in the house, get some comic books, get some Parcheesi or Scrabble, and we'll just wait it out for a couple of weeks. And then I was like, well, the show's not till August. We'll be fine. This is March. We'll be all right. And then March turned to April, April turned to May, May turned to June. And then I'm like, well, I don't think this is ending anytime soon. So I pulled the plug, you know, begrudgingly, but for the best. 
called all the guests and said, listen, we're not doing the show. We're going to do it next year. And like 99% of them all said, hey, I'll be there. You know, this isn't your fault. You're trying to do the best you can. You're trying to keep it safe for everybody. Call me next year. I'll be there. I'll be glad to come back. So then we watched the numbers just like everybody else started to go down. Vaccinations started coming around. Things started looking brighter. You know, future's better. Connecticut was one of the top states in the country when it came to low infection rates and high vaccination rates. So yay, Connecticut. And then I just said, okay, what do we have to do to make it, you know, safe for everybody? And this is back in February. Mm-hmm. We were starting to plan it. We were like, well, we'll scale down the amount of vendors. We'll scale down the amount of guests. We'll make sure the aisles are twice as wide. We'll have hand sanitizer everywhere. Everyone will be masked up. This is back then. And then you know, it's fortunate it's been getting better and better every day. So it's like, okay, well, now we could restrict some of the rules. They could be lifted. We don't have to do uh, so much social distancing. As long as they have a vaccination, they could, you know, take their mask off here and this and that. So every day has been a blessing and it's getting better and better as we approach this year's show. I'm still going to have that, you know, precaution just because I'm a conservative and cautious guy by nature. So it's like, we're not going to go back exactly the way it was. I don't want to have 20,000 people on top of each other because that's just not prudent and that's not safe. Let's let's be let's be smart about this, folks. So, you know, the booths are a little wider. The aisles are a little wider. We're, you know, making sure that there's no panels on top of each other. I've spaced the, the, the panels apart so there's chairs away from each other and we could air the room out and do whatever we need to do. And I'm close. I'm working, fortunately, Mohegan Sun has its own tribal health department. They work with the Connecticut State Health Department. The Connecticut State Health Department works with the CDC, the Board of Health, all that. Everybody's watching everybody, making sure everyone's doing the right thing and keeping it safe. And everybody's just not me going down there blindly with a, a spray bottle of Windex. And, you know, <laughs> hey, we're good. You know, I lit a candle. You know, it's nothing crazy like that. This is all smart people working together to make sure it's a, a healthy and safe environment for everybody. Cause you want to have a good time, but you want to, you don't want to be sitting there all day worried about everything. You know, you want to know that it's like a safe environment and you're going to have a good time as much as we can do. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I feel like yours is the perfect type of show, right? Because as you said, it does focus on the comics. It's not so pop culture centric. Yeah. And so, you know, being one of the first, what I would really consider the first big, comic con you know emphasis on comic um coming back and yeah you're right i mean in a way we all need we all need this like mental health wise right yeah yeah no absolutely i sat there i mean last year when this all started i just went through my stack of comics because all the comic book stores were closed because they weren't essential businesses here in connecticut and you know people were jonesing for their comic books so i said what you know what can i do to help out so i was opening all those digital codes Mm-hmm. And all my books and every night I was posting them on the Facebook pages. I'm like, hey, here's six issues of the Avengers. Anybody wants it? First come, first serve. Here's six issues of uh, Moon Knight or Spider-Man and all my books. And then people were like, you do know you're ruining the value of your book because they're not mint anymore. I said, dude, there's other comic book fans sitting at home, bored out of their skull, yeah. waiting to read some stories. So why not share the love? So I was doing that. And then other people started doing it, which was great. I was getting digital codes for movies and digital codes for graphic novels. So I was like, here you go. And I just started doing that, hoping the community would show up and work together. And it's just like that with this show. I know people are dying to get 
back into seeing their friends. They want to see not only the creators, not only the actors, but they miss their cosplay buddies. They miss the guy that they used to talk about Marvel team ups and Marvel two and ones with for 20 hours at the show. It's literally like a family get together, like a class reunion. And uh, that's, that's honestly a big part of it. You can't put a price tag on it. Cause I could just see people's faces year after year. And it's like, Oh, Hey, look at you. You're grown since I last saw you. Or, oh, I got married. Oh, we got a kid or oh, I got divorced or whatever. There's like literally a family reunion every summer at terrific And I just sit back as the, uh, the proud dad who owns it, you know, like, Hey, welcome to my house. Come on in, sit down, put your feet up, you know, that yeah, type of thing. Re- nice. Dude, I've had people get married. I've had, engagements right during a cosplay contest. Somebody got on their knees. I think it was Batman proposed to Catwoman right on the stage. Uh, we had a wedding. We have people coming back for their anniversary. I haven't had a baby delivered, though. I did have somebody say the, whatever they got together and then a baby was born nine months later. So I don't know if they named it after terrific con. That would be weird. I should find that out. Like they yeah, named middle, it middle, Terry, middle. Terry Conrad or terrific con or something like that. But uh, yeah, it's literally like a big family get together. That's the best way I could describe it. And that vibe is everywhere. It's not like a big, big show in the city where there's like hundreds of thousands of people like, you know, shoved in like sardine cans and moving along with a crowd. Like you don't even know which way you're going. The crowd is moving you toward. I've had that happen to me. It's the it's very freaking scary. Okay, let me. I'm not a claustrophobic person, but I have been in situations where suddenly I'm in a big crowd in a bigger city show. And I'm like, I don't like this. I'm not happy right now. And I don't want to be here. And I don't think I can get out of this for a couple of minutes. And you literally just have to hold your breath and, and move along with yeah. the flow. And That's the, you're, what you're yeah. describing is, is five Oh five out front of the San Diego convention center on Sunday. Oh, is it like that out there? I've never ever, been. Like, because that's the thing, like every other night when San Diego finishes, there's panels that keep going on, whatever. But at Sunday at five, everything's done at the same time. And you just have everybody leaving at once, trying Ugh. to cross the, go through the crosswalk and everything. So I, I, after the first couple of years, I'm like, I'm going to go out back and just sit there for half an hour, 45 yeah, minutes. Yeah. No, <laughs> no, no. And I, I, I tell this story. I remember my son, he's, 23 now but when he was a little boy he was nine i took him to new york comic-con and i just looked at it from his point of view and he was about you know three and a half four feet high i don't remember exactly but i'm 510 so i'm you know about average height and i get to see everyone's head but when you're that small and you're in crowds of like 40 or fifty thousand people you're just kind of butt level yeah and all you see is butts in front of your face like a lot of tushes and I remember there was a bunch of cosplayers and there was a Deadpool cosplayer that tapped him on the shoulder, being a real jerk and scared the heck out of my kid. And he was like, ah, oh. and he was so scared. I remember just looking in the face. I mean, you could tell he was not having fun as much as I liked seeing the comic creators and looking for toys and comic books. I wasn't having a good time because I could tell my son looked like he was terrified. Yeah. So I said, hey, when I had to go to do when I when I'm in charge. <laughs> This will never happen. So sure enough, when I'm doing my show, we get 25,000 people, but it's wide enough. The aisles are there. There's space around people. I'm making sure that kids aren't getting like, there's, you know, too many Deadpool butts in my face. I can't see this, you know? So I I like looking across the expo center and seeing that I can see the Batmobile at the very far end, even though there's a lot of people in front of me, there's still some daylight. And plus we actually have windows, 
which is a rarity at any convention center. There's a whole bunch of windows. There's natural light coming into the place. So that gives you this calm feeling already. Like you can see the blue sky and the sun out there. So you, you don't feel like you're, you know, jam packed. So I don't know. It's, it's just, a, I've been to so many conventions in the last 40 years of my life that I don't, I know what I don't like and I know what I do like. So when I do my show, I make sure I just do the stuff I like. And so far everybody else seems to agree with what I've decided yeah, to do. It, it, it's yeah. a good way to approach it. And especially as we're coming back from this pandemic, I mean, yeah, you know, for, being in a huge crowd, they're, they're people that it maybe didn't bother them before. They're going to think twice about it now. Right. Like, hey man, I think about it. I think about it too. I mean, you know, I'm not going to lie to you. I was scared to death. Go to the grocery store last year. Everybody was around yeah. here. You know, I was scared. I thought if I walked on my back deck and took a breath of fresh air, I might get sick. Yeah. It was very, very frightening to live here in the Northeast last spring and stuff. I mean, it, it took a long time for it to go away. I mean, over a year. And, uh, you know, people are still hesitant. I, if I don't see as many people as I normally do, so be it. That's the way it is. I don't I'm not going to drag somebody out of their house if they don't right. feel comfortable. They don't want to go out. Wait till next year. There'll be yep. another show or wait till the year after that. Wait till you feel good about it. If the, Connecticut, I think they've, they're lifting the masks right now as we speak on this day. Some stores you go in now. If you're vaccinated, you don't have to wear it. If you're vaccinated, uh, I mean, if you're not vaccinated, they ask you to wear it. Some people that are vaccinated say they still want to wear it. again. What makes you feel comfortable? OK, yeah. just don't don't listen to other people. The same thing when I do these shows. Look, dude, if I was going to sit there and worry about every other show, I would never do what I like to do. You can't be that way. You got to do what's right for you. You got to do what you think is the best thing to do. Don't worry about the guy up the road. Don't worry about the guy that's doing a convention across the country. Let them do whatever they want. You worry about you. Okay. And that's one of the things I've learned being 50 something years old on this earth. You get to a point when you go, Hey, you know what? I'm going to be happy if I do my thing. So if this makes you happy, do it. If this makes you feel safe, do that. Don't worry about the guy next to you, what he's telling you to do. Do what you think's right. Yeah. There's my little sermon for today. No, I'm, I'm the same way, Mitch. I think, uh, live and let live goes a long way with yeah. all of us getting along you know oh god knows yeah it's, it's it's not worth it i see people arguing over silly things now i go god yeah come on man. you're yep. only here for so much time this is not this isn't a dress rehearsal okay yep. this is you one shot of being on this planet try to make the best situation try to work around everybody work with people do that just don't be a jerk all right come on yeah. And, and that's what helps, uh, you know, that kind of attitude. And, you know, it's, again, I, I also feel like with comic cons, they uh, the show very much reflects the attitude and personality of the of the people that are putting the show on. And oh. that kind of, you know, attitude that you have of, of you know, kind of live and let live and hey, yeah. do what's best and comic focused that permeates the show. And um, oh, thanks. I appreciate yeah. that. I mean, but I, I don't go out of the way like, hey, this is how Mitch runs shows. But no, I just. It's just the way if, hey, like, you know, you treat people like the way you want to be treated. This is how I would want to go to a show. This is if I was running all the shows, they'd all be like mine because I, I like my show. You know? Yeah. And you end up establishing, like you said, you get the the, the same uh, attendees that are coming back on a regular basis. You get to yeah. know people. Yeah. There's that whole idea of community. Um, yeah. And the other thing I hear about your show is that it's a great uh, show for for retailers. Great show for shopping. Um, yeah, it is. Yeah. It, it, and, I'm going to tell you, here's the secret to that. I, I get a lot of people. I don't charge a lot of money for the booth, the vendor booths, because I've always thought like, well, 
if the guy paid three or four hundred dollars for a booth, he's got to sell so much to recoup his investment. Plus, he's staying at the hotels. Plus, he drove up here from wherever. You got to add all that into it. So say he buys a booth for the weekend for three days for four hundred dollars. He's probably going to have to make a thousand dollars to justify his investment and then be profitable and say, hey, that was pretty good. I'll do it. So I've kept the ticket prices low over six, seven years now. I think they went up like three or four dollars. Maybe the the booths, maybe they went up twenty dollars in the last five or six years, which is crazy because I have everybody telling me, like, you should raise your prices. I'm like, yeah, we're good because I don't raise the prices. I sell out of the spaces. And then I don't have to worry about it because I know, well, there's every they're sold out. I don't have right. to like scramble and try to find dealers at the last minute. I go, hey, you know, we're good. I got enough here. I don't need to stack people on top of each other in the hallways or anything stupid like that. I have enough vendors, enough comic books, enough toy dealers to have a good balance. So if you got three or four hundred dollars in your pocket, you can walk out of that show with a couple comic books, a couple autographs. You know, I'm trying to keep it cost conscious, you know, you don't have to come there and, you know, spend thousands. It's great if you do, but you know, I, I get it, man. You know, everybody's not Rockefeller. No one's got a million dollars to blow on stuff. You know, it is what it is. You know, I'm trying to make a good value. Okay. For the vendors, for the attendees, for the celebrities. So everyone's walking out of there after three days and they feel like they had a good time. They bought some cool books or toys or whatever. You know, they got good memories from the whole thing. They want to come back next year. They can't wait till the next one. You know, it's not that hard. It's not brain surgery. It's not no, rocket. But, but again, it, it's, you know, you're taking care of everybody and you're making sure yeah. that they're, you know, the people that are putting it. Cause let, let's face it. Nobody wants to go. I, I don't want to go to a show where there's no vendors at all because the prices are yeah. so high or, or the vendors are, are in a terrible mood. Well, and they're trying here's to a dumb thing. How could you be a comic book show or literally a comic con at your soul? And you don't have comic book dealers. Okay. That's the most ludicrous thing I've ever seen in my life. That's like an all you can eat buffet without forks. Yeah. Well, how, what are you supposed to do? Eat with your hands? I go to these shows. It's a comic con. Oh, great. I love comic books. I want to buy some comics. Where are the comic book dealers? Oh, they're not here. Yeah. Well, there's 30, there's 40 Funko pop dealers. That's great. <laughs> yeah. But where's the comic book deal? It's not called a Funko con. It's called a comic con. What the, what the hell, man? You know, I don't get that at all. I mean, I sit there and I have it on the order form. What are you selling? And they check off what they're selling. If I see like too many, you know, T-shirt guys, I go, okay, we got enough T-shirt guys. If I see too many action figures, we got enough action. We got to get more comic guys. And I usually get tons of comic dealers. So I'm not in that boat right now, but geez, I, I don't get that at all. That's, that's yeah, I, I, I don't either. And one of the things that I didn't expect with the pandemic, and I'm sure, you know, you being a, a comic fan and collector was how crazy back issue prices and the demand, oh. you know, people wanted. So, uh, but some of these dealers, you know, maybe they don't necessarily have a online presence and, and hopefully yeah. change that this last year. Um, but, but, you know, you must have regulars that, you know, same vendors that come back because it's, oh, yeah. it's a great show. So yeah. when you told everybody, okay, it's, it's, ha it's happening 2021, were uh, a lot of your retailer uh, people real happy that, Hey, I can't wait for terrific on them. You know, I, I just, money. I just opened, I went to the post office box today and I opened up the, uh, the applications that come in and the, the checks that people buy for the thing. And somebody put a little note in there and it said, thank you very much for coming back. But that, not that I had anything to do with it, that things got better and we, we got to do the show, but it said, you know, you put on a great show. I look forward to it every year. I'm so glad to be coming back. 
And that little post-it note, I got it upstairs. I mean, that means a lot because it's like I'm doing something right that this guy here went out of his way to write a little note saying thank you for just doing the show. Right. Because he wants to go back and meet people. He wants to sell some artwork or whatever. But and he also just enjoys the show. And that little stuff means a lot. I mean, when you get these little notes from people saying, hey, thank you for putting the show on. And I know it's been tough. And I know you didn't make any money last year because you had no income from the shows. So it's nice to see you're still out there doing it. But uh, I, I think a lot of comic book guys don't all go to eBay. They don't all sell on Facebook Marketplace. So this is their chance to bring their wares to the public and sell some comics and stuff. And yeah, I agree with you, dude. I buy back issues. I have a lot of back issues. I'm, we talk every night, my friends, about, did you see how much this book is going for today? <laughs> yeah. Oh, my, should I cash out now? No, I'm going to hold on to it. I'm going to wait. It's going to get, and I'm like, never going to sell this stuff though. My wife will kill me when she hears me say that. But yeah, I, I think it's everybody was home this last year and they just yep. started. I did it. I sorted all my books. I put them in order. I bagged and boarded stuff for months. I had comics everywhere around the house, but I think people did. And then they started filling in the, 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 the holes in their collection, you know, and they want to have the complete run. And suddenly that's what drove the supply and demand. I've got comic book dealers that I talked to that said, it's hard for them to go get new inventory right now because everybody's looking to get books right now. It's just not the fans. It's the other dealers that they're competing with. So this is going to be a really fun comic book hunting year for the show. I could see people showing up with their list. Like I have everything on my iPhone. Yeah. So I go to a long box and I start looking down. Got it. Got it. Got it. Got it. Need it. Need it. Need it. Got it. Got it. Need it. You know? So it's going to be like a big scavenger hunt this year. I think that's going to be part of the fun of coming back. Yeah. Well, that is part of the fun. And I, you know, I, I did it too. You know, I weren't spending money on vacations or traveling or what. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I stupid. The one, I, I never sell my comics. The one time I did, I sold my whole Amazing Spider-Man run. My listeners have heard this story, but oh no, I, I, I had had from like issue two fifty ish, like all the way of up what to, of of uh, the volume one of Amazing Spider-Man, all the way up till the end four forty. And when the, okay. the Toby Maguire movie came out, I was like, ah, they spiked. I'm gonna cash. Really, I'll, I'll I'll rebuild it someday. And I just never had. And so I took I took a big chunk, probably about three grand, and I I rebuilt from issue two hundred up. Oh, good for you, man. To now. And I'm missing a couple here and there. Yeah, 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 I I want to go back. I want to go back now and do, you know, one. Now, do you look for this like any copy, like a reader copy or you have to like like seven? I mean, I don't. don't, Well, I don't go. I don't like graded books. It's just my personal thing. Um, I don't I don't have many graded books either. I have literally about 10. The rest are all loose, raw. I, I think I have about four. Uh, graded books but yeah so you know i, I look I, I balance the price versus the the uh you know the mm-hmm. the uh condition yeah but yeah. but and, and that's why i do still have some holes because it's like ah, that's not a book i th- there's certain like i i don't the probably the biggest book that i don't have i don't have a 361 which is carnage no, oh yeah I like know, eight, hey i have I guess like what? copies i got four copies I had like two, eight copies. Two new stand. I don't know what it was when I was doing my sorting last year. I was like, why do I have four copies of this? And then I got Randy Emberlin, who's the inker on those books, coming to the show now. To the you show. Know? Yep. Yeah, all the way out from Portland. I, in fact, I got to buy his ticket after we're done talking tonight. But uh, I was like, oh, I'll get him to sign one of my books. I've got four of them. And I talked to my friends. Like, why don't you sell some of them? Like, because then I won't have four. Yeah, exactly. I, at that time, I, I lived in a town where I didn't have a comic shop, and all my all eight of my copies, I just I would go to the Seven Eleven down the street from my grandpa. Oh, really? That's all cool. Eight of mine were newsstand, and I yeah, I, just, I don't know why I 
I should have kept a couple of them. I don't know. Hey, man, I bought my giant size X-Men one at a 7-Eleven. Okay. I had a Hulk 181. I bought at a 7-Eleven. All right. I don't have those anymore. I don't know where they went. Somebody out in this world has my books. I don't know where, but I I remember like I can close my eyes and, and picture myself going to the spinner rack, getting my Slurpee. And getting that book and just going to the car and reading it the whole way, you know. So yeah, but that's that's the fun. I mean, I didn't have a choice. There weren't shows going on. I, I figured, hey, no. this is something I can do to kind of you know keep going because normally I'd go and cover you know five or six, ten shows uh, yeah. for, the, for the podcast or whatnot. So yeah, 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 I was right there with everybody else driving the prices up. But what was so weird was I kind of ex- when it very first started, I expected it to go the the other way. And, and, you know, I was thinking, OK, well, everybody says the economy is going to slow down and we're going to go into this recession. Yeah. I was thinking back to 2008 when comic book prices went down. Hmm. But instead, it went the other way. And it was so I know crazy. I hear you. I was I'm like, what do you mean that box of X-Men trading cards is worth something? I threw them out. You know, you know? everything's worth something right now. I don't know. We talk about it, too. Like, when is it going to level off? Because you can't. You can't just can't keep go going forever. up. Yeah. You know, it's eventually, I mean, it's going to cool down sooner or later. I don't know when, I don't know how, but uh, for the moment it's not. And uh, it's, it's, you, you got to make decisions. Cause I go to shows too. And I go, I really want to get that strange tales 173, but do I really want to spend that much money on yep. it? Just to say I have it. And then my buddy goes, well, just go get the omnibus. Cause then you could read the story. I go, yeah, but I don't have the, copy of the book you know so i mean i don't know i'm i'm in that weird ocd boat with you i mean yeah it's gonna be real interesting to see how how the shopping is this year at the show for you and what you hear from the deal i mean are these guys gonna just have like their greatest terrificon ever in terms of sales because people i don't know i hope so for their sake you know i hope they all make a lot of money um i I think so. I think part of me says these guys are going to do really well because the people haven't gone on vacation. They got a lot of disposable income. They might have gotten some of those stimulus checks and then burn a hole in their pocket. Yeah. Uh, yeah. A friend of mine's a police officer. He's saved up his money all year for Terrificon. I talked to him all the time. He's doing all these overtime jobs or side jobs. And he's like, got my Terrificon money. I'm all set. I got two grand. I'm buying, uh, you know, Spider-Man number 12, the, I think, or 14, the first Green Goblin. He's got his list. I know. I know. And I'm, I'm like, all right, if I see it, I got to get a Spider-Man 101 first Morbius. I mean, he's got his his shopping list out there. So there's people. Hey, I'm looking for Fantastic Four 12. If anybody's out there, first impossible, man. I want that just to have it. OK, have I can it. go to eBay and get it. But I like having it in Not front of me. Before. I don't like buying books on eBay because I'm like, that's not what I thought it would look like when it shows up. You're like, yeah, it's missing a whole page. What's going on? And oh, it was in the description. I didn't read it, you know. So, yeah, yeah I, I mean, I agree with you 100. I, I mean, I, I'll I'm be joking. I'll be shopping too at my own show. That's the funnier part. Before the doors open, I get to run through it like a kid in a candy store. Yeah, and I get to uh, get to buy some books before the rest of the people get in there. So. Yeah, but I'm right there with you, though. I mean, I, I built most of my that amazing Spider-Man run on eBay, buying big, buying big lots, you know. Oh, did you? Oh, that's the yeah. best way to do it. Yeah. 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 You get yeah, it cheaper per book. But when it comes to the key, absolutely. Issues, I, yeah. I'm like you. I want to you never know what you're going to get unless you unless you do get the graded. But I don't want the grade because I you know. no, 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 no. And I like I don't know, dude, I go to I go to comic shops. There's one that go to uh, right up the street every Wednesday. He doesn't get a lot of back issues. And we had a guy walk into his store three weeks ago. He said, hey, man, do you buy back issues? They go, no, not really. What do you have? 
Spider-Man issues two through 400. And I was like, yeah. And they go, oh, we can't afford that. And I'm like, oh, my God. Make I, go, why don't you have, never know. I go, why don't you have Spider-Man one? He goes, you know, somebody tried to sell me Spider-Man one back in the 80s for about 75 bucks. And I said, no. And I'm just thinking, well, how are you going to get rid of these books? He goes, oh, I don't know. Maybe I'll go to eBay. I'm like, don't go to eBay. You'll be there forever trying to sell that lot. You know, yeah. I said, buy a table at Trificon. You know, you, you, you'll probably make good money doing it. I wanted to buy the books from the guy, to be honest with you. But I was yeah. like, my wife would shoot me, yeah. you know, like, why do we have more comics? Why? Why wouldn't we? <laughs> why wouldn't we? Yeah. You, there's the, yeah. you never have enough. Uh, she has a lot of shoes. She only has two feet. I say that to her all the time. I'm like, you have 300 pairs of shoes. You only have two feet. So what? I have thousands of comic books. I could always read them at some point. You yeah. know? Yeah. Same thing. Yeah. It sounds like our wives would. We'd enjoy it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. My wife doesn't collect stuff. I try. I try. No, my wife's all about the shoes for sure. Anytime I yeah, right? spend money on comics, she's like, okay, well, I'm getting more. I'm getting another. Person. I hear that too. I hear that too. If I sell her, oh, I got this comic. It's worth two grand. Oh, that's like six pairs of shoes. I'm like, wait, what? Yep. What? How much are these shoes? So, oh, yeah, 100%. I uh, well, but you, I, you know, but like, like I said, she picked a couple of the guests on the list this year. So I'm like, okay, there. Go hang out with Scott Patterson from Gilmore Girls. Leave me alone. I'm going to go hang out. Is that Jim one of Starling. her favorite shows? Because yeah, she I, does. I, she loved it. Yeah. She watched all the Gilmore Girls and there's uh, somebody. Oh, of all things, my wife picked the land of the lost people this year, which I never would have figured that out. I saw that. And yeah. I, I, she goes, I said, I'm going down the list of guests. and like, oh, what about this? One? I go, land of the lost. She goes, what? I go, yeah. She goes, oh, my God. With Chaka? I go, yeah. Why? I watch that every week. I go, you did? Yeah. Can we get them? I'm like, yeah, okay. So she's more excited to meet the land of the lost people than I am, which is just weird. So that's fantastic. Yeah, I did. I did see them and I thought, oh, yeah, that's, that's nostalgic. And yeah, of course, Gilmore girls. Uh, that's yeah. My favorite show. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Who are some of the other comic uh, people? you? Meet oh, comic. Yeah. Let's talk about my world. Let's not talk about her world. Uh, well, I always get Jerry Ordway because he lives right up the road from me and go out Jerry's with pizza every week. Yeah, uh, Jerry, I've got Dan Jurgens, I've got Brett Breeding, I've got Jim Starlin, I mentioned, I've got, uh, oh, uh, Klaus Jansen, who worked on the Daredevil run and the Dark Knight run, of course. Uh, Donnie Cates, who's doing the Venom book, and now he's going to shift over to the Hulk. Uh, what's his name? Sean Murphy, who did the uh, Batman uh, White Knight, who just yeah, saw the yeah. Jimmy, Jimmy Palmiotti's coming up with Amanda Connor. And uh, they have so many friends up here that as soon as I announced them, I started getting calls from Justin Gray, Billy Tucci, Frank Thierry, Pete Tomasi. Everybody's coming up because the Mohegan Sun, besides being a beautiful expo center, is also a fantastic resort, uh, casino, restaurants, comedy clubs, nightclubs. So they're all getting together. It's like a mini vacation. And they haven't seen each other a lot in the last year and a half. So it is like a big reunion. All these folks are getting together for the first time since like maybe C2E2 last was February and March it was. Yeah. 2020 before everything shut down. Um, who else is coming there? I got Joe Giella, who's like 92 or 93 years old. He's worked on everything from the forties to like the golden age, the silver age, the bronze age, you name it. He's like a legend. He's there Saturday only, but uh, it's great to see him. Lee Weeks, another fantastic artist. I'm a big fan of Lee Weeks. He'll be at the show. Uh, geez, so many of them. Um, I'm trying to remember them all. Who I haven't announced yet? Garcia Lopez. I haven't announced him yet. He's coming up. 
Uh, let's see. Michael Golden's always there. Uh, Paul Kupperberg, you mentioned. Um, yeah, is there anybody Megan, that's doing Megan it? Megan Hutchinson. What's that? Is there anybody that's doing it for the for the first time that you can't? Yeah, wait? yeah, yeah, yeah. For, I'm thinking of the first timers. I got Koi Fam, who's never been at my show before. Megan Hutchinson's never been at my show before. Uh, Tim Sale, you know, the great Tim Sale mm-hmm. from the long Halloween and all that. He's coming first time ever. Randy Emberlin, I mentioned he was the inker on those Spider-Man 361, the Carnage yeah. books. He's never been there before. Um, they all hear about it which is kind of fun. They're like, Oh, my friend told me about your show. And Oh, I've read about your show. And they, you know, even before they get here, they know about it. So it's always kind of fun to find out where uh, they heard about it and why, um, who else is first timers at the show? Oh, that, must you pretty, that must be pretty satisfying to know that comic creators and are, are talking about, Oh, they all talk good way. It's, yeah. Yeah. Cause they do talk, man. You hear Oh, I know it's, it's a very, it's a very small community, buddy. Let me tell you, yeah. it's a very, closed group of people and if you're doing a good show they all tell each other go to mitch's show it's a good show if you're doing a bad show they'll all tell each other don't go to that show yeah so i'm fortunate i'm on the other side of the wall where they're all happy and they all have a good time because it's easy to get guests i just say hey you know we're doing this and oh that's john cassidy dan slot told me you're the guy i want to do your show you know so and uh you know a lot of times folks are like why do you want me at your show i haven't done a convention in years i go that's okay because I'm a big fan of yours and I've been reading your stuff since I was a kid. They're like, really? I go, yeah. And I start quoting issues and, and what was my favorite story? They doubled. Oh, you're not making this up. You really did read all that. I'm like, yeah, I could have been a doctor or a lawyer, but no, I spent my hours reading your, your comic books. Thanks buddy. I'm sure my mom's happy now. Uh, (laughs) Or my wife too. But uh, yeah, a lot of this stuff is just uh, me getting the, the folks I grew up with. You know, I had Steranko here two years ago, the whole time, you know, he's talking to me, you know, cause I'm the promoter and the producer and he's like, Hey Mitch, you know, what do you need? And the, but I'm still like, Oh my God, that's Starango. You know, it's like, that's Elvis. Elvis is in the building. And Hey, what do you want to do amigo? Let's go get an ice cream cone. And he's up at four in the morning, walking through the casino with his turtleneck and his suit. And his. I'm like, this is surreal. You know, I like, am I really walking around at four in the morning eating an ice cream cone with Jim Steranko? I didn't think I'd be doing that today. So. That's it's that just was, fun. That was Starlin when I finally he was my bucket list guy that I hadn't interviewed forever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Finally, uh, San Diego 2018, got to sit down one on one, have like a 45 minute interview with him. And yeah. I was told it was it was great, you know, a great interview. I wasn't nervous or anything. And, but then I, I left the press room and I'm walking back to the condo. And that's when it, the adrenaline of the fact that I just. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Jim Starlin, my hands were like shaking. And that oh, was I hear you. And, and the funnier thing is, because I've seen some of these people on my show a couple of times, like Starlin's. I've been to Starlin's house two or three times up here. And uh, yeah, yeah, there's always that weird 10 year old inside of me yep. that just can't believe that if I could go back to the 1970s and say someday you're going to be sitting across the table at that guy's. I know it's not like you know, you're, you're meeting Gandhi or Abraham Lincoln or something, but it's, it's a, a hero level. Yeah. Status. You know, when I was a kid, you know, I've met, I've been fortunate. I've met like the people I've always admired. I met like Bruce Springsteen. I met Alan Alda. I met, uh, you know, Buzz Aldrin, all these like kids, your hero. You know, you always wanted to meet your heroes and then you do Harrison Ford. And, uh, 
a lot of these comic book guys are on that level with me because I always want to draw like John Romita senior. Then I got to go to his house and a couple times and talk to him. And I'm like, this is just, this, I used to sit there for hours and try to draw like you, you know, and then here you are. And then there's just, they're just normal people, you know, yeah. but Roy Thomas hanging out with talking to Roy about the old days, Steve Englehart. Uh, so many of these guys I grew up with and, and read their stuff. And then, and then they're at my show, you know, and, yeah, and that's, what's great about it too, because now you're, you're bringing the next generation, the next generation gets a chance to meet the, you know, the older generation, plus they get a chance to meet the Donnie Cates and the Tom Kings. And yeah, yeah, yeah. The newer, the younger kids. Yeah. I say that too, because they come into my show and uh, Charles soul and John Cassidy and they're younger than me. And I'm like, Oh, that's what it must be like to be like 20 years old and, and read your stuff. And Oh my God, you're the guy to me. It's the Claremonts, the Burns, yeah. the Zecks, uh, the Frank Millers. Those are my guys when I was in my twenties, you know, and they're all there. I'll tell you what, the, the best page I have on my website, cause I do the website and all that, but I have a page where I, every year I copy paste all the guests who were there and I just keep compiling them all. And it's all alphabetized. And it says since 2010, 2012, these are the people I've brought to the show. And I hope you enjoyed meeting George Perez, Marv Wolfman. And it just goes on and on. Jim Shooter and, and you know, Scott Snyder, Greg Capullo. And it, it, the list is crazy long. You know, it goes on. But I swear that's my favorite page. If I could quit tomorrow, never do another convention, I would just literally frame that page, print it out and frame it because that's it's like meeting all the the New York Yankees, you know, yeah. like, yeah. like yeah. there they all are. There's like Reggie Jackson. There's uh, Ron Guidry. There's a uh, Thurman Munston. They were all at your show at one point. And uh, I don't know. I don't know if anybody else appreciates it. I don't know if there's another guy out there like me. He's a comic book fan that goes, holy crap. These, all these people came to Connecticut. I got to meet all these people. Cause that's what I do. I literally, Every name on there, I, I stop at my show and take a couple minutes and thank them for coming and tell them how much I grew up uh, appreciating their work and a big fan and all that jazz. And I think sometimes they look at me like I'm weird because they go, wait, you're the guy that runs this show. You, 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 you're, you're the reason why I'm here. You, you, you flew me in and paid for my hotel and stuff like, oh, yeah, yeah, that was me. Well, you've seen the way that, it, that it's gone, right? I mean, so many yeah. now the, we got read pop and you got uh yeah, uh, yeah, you know the the other uh, what's the other big one? The, the, oh, uh, fan, fanboy expo. Yeah, yeah, fan expo. Fan expo. Fan, fan yeah, yeah. Read pop and yeah, and, yeah. And it's a it's a business for them, and I don't begrudge them trying to you know to make money. It's what no, it's no, no, no. Right make now, but yeah. it's not. You know, your show is not that. Your show is really a. It's not. No, about it's money. never. It's never going to be that. You know, there's just like. I don't want to be rude. There's like a pissing contest with these other shows around here, you know, and they all like, I got more people than this guy. I had 60,000. I had a hundred thousand. I go, I don't care. You know, you know, I don't, I'm, I'm at the point in my life where I'm 54 years old. I really give a rats, you know, what about the, what, what you have, what kind of fancy car do you drive? Well, I, I don't care. I can't tell you in, in enough words. I'm not lying. When I say that I got, less years in front of me than I do behind me at this right. point in my life. And I'm like, I'm going to not waste it. If you can get today's top actor, you know, Chris Evans or whatever, God bless you. Have fun with that. And, you know, do whatever. I got red Brown. He was my captain America. Okay. I'm just as happy to meet red Brown as I am. Chris Evans. I've met both. I like red better. <laughs> uh, you know, Nicholas Hammond. That's my Spider-Man Tom yeah. Holland. Great kid. Love all his movies. Sure. 
fantastic guy. I bet he's the best in the world. That's my Spidey, you know? So it's, it's, it's okay. You know what I mean? Let these big shows have their 200,000 people. I'm never going to be 200,000 people. I'm, I'm five foot 10. I'm never going to be six foot two. I gave up trying to be six, two. I don't care. I like being five ten. I like having 25, 30,000 people. I don't need to have 60,000 people. We make a nice living. Everybody enjoys the show. The guests enjoy the show. The fans enjoy the show. The exhibitor, everybody's having a good time. Mohegan Sun likes me being there. All right. You know, yeah, it, fantastic. Let's, I, let's, let's celebrate some comics and not worry about. Yeah. But, I mean, but, honestly, but that's, but that's the point, Mitch. These, you know, Reed Pop and Fan Expo, they got they, they, But they're, they're publicly traded companies. Right, exactly. They, that's they got cool. stockholders. They got billions of dollars on the floor and the table. That's their business. That's their, I'm not in that business. Okay. I'm like the, the small hardware store. I can't compete with Home Depot and Lowe's, but I'm the guy you go to that's down the street in a rainy day and you need to get a gutter fixed because you got water coming in your basement. Meanwhile, the big corporate guys can't get it because they have shipping problems or whatever. Yeah. You can't be everything, you know, just, just be good at what you're at and you're fine. And, you know, let me have my Lee Weeks and my Tim Sales and, one day I'll get my Todd McFarlane's and I'll get my Jim Lee's and, you know, they're all on my list too. Uh, I like those guys. I wish I could get Barry Windsor Smith. I wish I can get John Byrne. I wish I can get Mike Kaluta. These are people that don't do conventions. Those are the guys I wanted to be when I was a kid. Sal Buscema. I want to be those guys, you know, but they just don't want to do shows. That's fine. But uh, I'll get them. You know, I'll try. I'll save my money. I'll, I'll, I'll work and see who I can afford. That's the other thing, too. I mean, I get a lot of emails from people, a lot, and phone calls. And they want everybody. I mean, it's like they want Mark Hamill, who I, I, I've i met Mark Hamill a couple times. He's a great guy. But I, I can't afford Mark Hamill. I'm, 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 I'm me. I mean, you know, this is it. This is yeah. in my luxurious penthouse here. I'm not Bruce Wayne. I'm not even Alfred the Butler. <laughs> uh, you know, we, 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 we've got... We have, Fantastic. Yes, I had Mike Cutlets. I had Mike Cutlets here. I had Kevin Conroy here. I had Henry Winkler. I had, you know, I've had some big name Hollywood people. Uh, Val Kilmer, Chaz Palminteri did my show. You know, folks that normally don't do conventions there. And they've all had terrific times. And uh, maybe someday we'll get Keanu Reeves. Maybe someday we'll get. I don't know, whoever this the, the, the flavor of the month is Harrison Ford. There you go. That'll happen. But uh you know, I try to get as many good guests as I can get for folks, you know, on, on, on my budget. You know, I, I wish I can bring you uh, Elizabeth Olsen, but I can't afford that. You'll have to go to those bigger shows for that, you know. Yeah, so. but you, I, I don't know. You give up a lot in my mind to uh, to do that. I mean, yeah, San Diego yeah. with San Diego. You got, you know, from, from a press perspective, I've got to cover that. New York Comic, yeah. Con, New York Comic Con, I've got to cover that. But yeah. There's something to be said for a smaller show where you there's not a hundred thousand people and you will I mean you go to Terrificon, you got a chance to go stand at Jerry Ordway's table and talk to him for half an hour. Oh god, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you don't you can't get that at big shows. There's too many people. No, 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 no. And I've done press too. I've been doing podcasts since two thousand seven and I'm on the radio here too. So I've done that what you're talking about. I've gone to New York Comic Con, I've done the press round tables, I've met I've interviewed the Robert Kirkmans, I've interviewed Chris Evans, I talk about him, uh Mark Ruffalo, uh the the Walking Dead cast before they were even famous. I it was like the day before uh, the show premiered, I interviewed all those folks. But 
Yeah. I mean, you know, so I've had that advantage of being on both sides of the fence, you know, like the fan and then the behind the scenes uh, PR guy, news reporter. So I get to talk to Jennifer Connolly or something about the, the, the train ice. You know, the one I'm thinking about the, what's the train oh, movie? Uh, oh my God. Ice, not icebreaker, but something like something that. Something like that. Yeah. 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 Sorry, Miss Connolly. Um, but uh, oh, I was going to bug me now. Uh, so anyway, so I've got to see both parts of that world. You know, I've got to see how they do, how they make the sausage, how they make the, the big events, how they do all that programming and such. And uh, you know, it's, 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 it's like you said, I'm the Goldilocks con, I guess, you know, I'm not too small. I'm not too big. It's not too hard, not too soft, not too warm, not too cold, just right. And so far it's been just right. You know, over these years, we've got, we've kind of hit, our, our, our comfort zone, you know, and it's just let's keep treading water, make sure everyone's happy every year and, and keep bringing the, the, the new guests and bringing the old favorites and just keep keep it going, you know. So does that all make sense? I know it yeah, might be that rambling. Makes, no, that makes I've had Kevin Smith. Speaking of rambling, I've had Kevin here on the show at my show. Uh, yeah, I mean, I pretty much I've, I've brought as many of the people I think that fans want to see you know, to the show. I, I think they've been here, you know, I got to tell you the 20, the 2019 guest list was amazing. Sometimes I impress even myself as Han Solo would say. And I look back at the 2019 show and there was so much talent comic book wise in that room. It was crazy. It was insane. So many creators. We had uh, J. Michael, Straz- John Michael Straczynski, or JMS. Yeah, Jim, JMS. And then we had Chris Claremont. We had Alan Davis. We had Tom King. We had Donnie Cates. We had Ryan Stegman. Clay Mann was there. Frank Cho was there. Uh, John Cassidy was there. Uh, Jim Starlin was there. Uh, it was like every time you turn around, Jim Steranko was there. Dan Jurgens was there. Jim, I, it was it was mind blowing. So many great storytellers under one roof. And they were all there and there were so many fans and everybody was smiling and everybody was having a great time. And like you said, they're talking to Jerry Ordway. They're talking to Dan Jurgens. They're talking baseball scores. I'm at the bar with Brian Azzarello watching a Cubs game. You know, that's just that's just crazy stuff. I, don't, I never thought I'd be doing that. And there's a the guy that just wrote the big Batman damned book sitting right next to me, having a beer, watching the, the, the Cubs, you know. So it, it's been it's been a hell of a ride. I'll tell you, that's the best job I ever had. Tell that that's to everybody, fantastic. you know, that's hope fantastic. it never ends, but someday it will. But for now, I'm, I'm loving every second of it. Yeah. And hopefully you, you get back to that point. Obviously, this year's going to be a little strange. It'll you know, be interesting. Yeah, no and, doubt. Yeah. And, and I know there are comic creators I've talked to that aren't ready to go back to shows till till 2022. Yep. So and that's perfectly yep. fine. You know, again, the whole live and let live thing. So absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So there are there's still, um, you know, uh, tickets available, badges, whatever you want. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah, just yeah. to remind everybody, it's July 30th, July 31st and August 1st at the Mohegan Sun Expo Center uh, in Connecticut. Uh, yep. I'm going to put I'll put a link to the Trificon website, everybody in the show notes. So if you're having trouble finding it or you can just Google Trificon, like Mitch said earlier, it's just terrific. And then add an yeah. O-N on the end. Yeah, so, pretty much. Yeah, yeah. So it's a it's a fantastic show. I am going to get out there one day. I really was hoping it was going to be this year. Uh, but hope maybe next year uh, gonna, we're going to make it happen because it is a very comic centric show. And yes. uh, I think if anybody's listened to this, this episode, you can tell 
how much Mitch is one of us. He's one of us. He's yeah. Comic yeah. Fan. yeah. Yeah. One of like that movie freaks. Yeah. One of us, one of us. Yeah. So, uh, so as we're winding down here, Mitch, anything else you want our, uh, want our listeners to know or uh, anything about the show we didn't cover? Yeah. If they can get my friend, Steve Barker, a copy of amazing Spider-Man 101. <laughs> so he can get off my back uh, and FF 12 for me, first impossible man. I need that book. Uh, no, I mean, like you said, if they're in the area, if they, they have the opportunity to come to the show, come on by. I'm always there. I'm at the front door saying hello to everybody. Crazy, right? Like, hey, how are you? I'm like a maitre d' at a restaurant <laughs> and thanking everybody for coming in and paying my bills. Uh, no, that's it. Just keep sending me your suggestions. You know, who do you want to see the show? I'll try to get as many as I can get to them. It's like being Santa Claus at Christmas Eve and everybody's trying to get the hottest toy there oh, is. Yeah. yeah. But uh, no, just, uh, just, just, just be nice to each other. Uh, don't be a jerk. Um, you know, do what they would do in comic books. You know, the good guys, not the bad guys. And uh, that's pretty much it, man. You know, just, just, be, just be cool. All yeah, right. Just be cool. Live and let live, everybody. Live and let yeah. live. So. Yeah. Uh, well, thanks again, Mitch. It's been great chatting with you. Best of luck. Hope the show's a massive success this year. Uh, and to all you listeners, we want to thank you for your support. As always, we wouldn't be here without you. Uh, so we always appreciate you listening and we'll talk to you next time. See you. you can find the comic source podcast on Spotify, Apple podcast, Stitcher, Google play, or whichever podcasting app you prefer. Please tell all your friends about us, subscribe and rate us. The ratings really help with our visibility and our ability to reach new listeners, especially five-star reviews on Apple. Also be sure to visit us at lrmonline.com to join the conversation, access the show notes, and discover all our other great pop culture content. If you want to email us, the email address is thecomicsourceblog at gmail.com, or you can follow us on Twitter, twitter.com forward slash thecomicsource. Do a search for The Comic Source on Facebook and Instagram to follow us on those social platforms. All three spots are great places to find out when we release new episodes as well as follow all our convention coverage. So once again, we want to thank everyone for listening and we'll talk to you next time.